Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Quest for the Good Life with Dr. Mike Strauss. Um, in episode 1, we discussed the perils of congregate care. Uh, and in this vlog, as you know, uh, we are looking at needs, barriers, and solutions for achieving a good life for people with special needs and seniors. Um, it is important uh, to understand where we're coming from. And in, in the last episode, we discussed the problems associated inherently with congregate care. And in this episode, hopefully we will address some of the solutions or places where we will be going. Uh, and now, without further ado, Dr. Mike Strauss. Thank you, Evo. It's nice to see you again, at least virtually. So, uh, and I think that's where we are right now in, in our in our pandemic. Um, yes, but uh, it's great. It's great to talk about about this. You know, this whole discussion again is about this never-ending search for something better. That's that's the whole purpose of of our quest for the good life. We want something better. You know, we want something better for our own family, want something better for our children. We certainly want something better for people with intellectual disabilities and seniors and people with needs. Everybody wants a life that's better. And and, and last, I, I think it's super important that, you know, this in a never ending in, in a never ending search, uh, you know, we've come a long way, uh, but you have to decide where you're going. And, and, and your history plays a role in that. You learn, hopefully, you know, from history. You know, anytime I go on a journey to parts unknown, you know, places you don't know, basically you, tr you, you know where you've been, but you get up on a hill and you can look as far as you can see, right, mm -hmm. and try to pick the best path. And I, I got to tell you, if, if you don't mind – I'd like for you to play that that video uh, for everybody. Uh, it's by Jared uh, Lennonhard, who talks about technology, but with a twist, and and that is technology with uh, that real technology uh, also requires humanity to be embedded into it, and and for technology to not be become us. But we transcend it. And, and, and I, I, I want to talk about that and I want to show that and I want to talk about it afterwards. Because if we're going to go somewhere where, you know, Blockbuster existed and now it's Netflix, if we're going to make that kind of transformation, we need to see this. You know. Once upon a time, business as usual was often good enough. No more. Where we are going, good enough is dead. In a world where everything is connected, where everything is equally excellent, where performance is reaching perfection, there's only one space left to innovate in. You. Right now, you are a central point in the raging tornado of change fueled by digitization, mobilization, augmentation, disintermediation, automation well the list goes on science fiction is becoming science fact think about self-driving cars or computers that can learn and think 
The way we work will never be the same. The skills we need will be dramatically different. Winning or losing are now happening faster than ever before. So what's your response? How will you discover new opportunities in one of the most transformational times in human history? Are you driving change or are you being driven by it? Disruption has become the new normal. With change, it's always gradually, then suddenly, well, things really have stopped happening gradually. This change is exponential. Everything that used to be dumb and disconnected is now wired and intelligent. Cars, cities, ports, farms, even our bodies will be wired with sensors and will talk to each other. These game changers are also combinatorial. They amplify each other, creating a perfect storm of change. Quantum computing fuels big data. The Internet of Things fuels artificial intelligence and deep learning, which fuels robotics. However, anything that cannot be digitized or automated will become extremely valuable. Human-only traits such as creativity, imagination, intuition, emotion and ethics will be even more important in the future because machines are very good at simulating but not at being. Yes, robots and software will do some of our work, but this will allow us to focus on things that cannot be automated. To imagine change squared, you've got to start engaging more with what might be, not just with what is. Immerse yourself in the immediate future, five to seven years out from today. We need to go beyond technology and data to reach human insights and wisdom. Technology represents the how of change, but humans represent the why. The future is about holistic business models. The opportunity is to be liquid, to learn just in time, not just in case, not single improvements, but complete transformations, not individual systems, but new ecosystems. Humanity is where true and lasting value is created. We will engage, relate, and buy things because of the experiences they provide, because of their transformative power. The future doesn't just happen, the future gets happened. The new way to work is to embrace technology, but not to become it. The future is in technology, yet the bigger future lies in transcending it. Let's live and lead from here. I'm so excited by every moment uh, something comes up that expands what's possible. But what we're trying to accomplish is at the forefront, which is great care, great support at, at the moment of need. I mean, that's what we want to get. So it's really important, you know, if you get way up there on the top of a mountain and look out there, I can't envision care that's cost-effectively delivered with humanity uh, to be done without technology being wrapped around every aspect of it, but but not becoming it. You know, that's why I'm artificial intelligence. Um, may advance a lot of things, but it's not going to advance the humanity.
Yeah, as you know, we've been working with technology since 2000. We've been doing remote support technology. And, and it, it really, I think we were the oldest uh, company in the country uh, to, to work with remote support technology to help, help uh, support homes. But, but, the, but where I really got my aha moment is going back to my roots which is I grew up in the Ozarks and in and, and southern Missouri. And, and you know, I actually grew up in a town of, I think, of a 200 and some odd people. And I lived in a rural area and some in, in, in small towns always. And, and the reality is, is for us and where I grew up, neighbors were essential. Neighborhoods were essential. And people looked out for each other. You know, when you think of a neighborhood, Evo, you know, don't you have that sense of a real neighborhood of, of, you know, neighbors helping neighbors and belonging and that sort of thing? That's a network um, of human beings without the congregate component. And if anything that we found out during this isolation is how needed human contact and human presence is for people. We are social right. animals. We can't really exist without each other. What the neighborhood provides is a community of people, immediate help right next to you without the congregate, the dangers of congregate setting. So you kind of said it. there's like a town, mm -hmm. there's a community, but then there's a neighborhood. A neighborhood is a deeper thing than a community, right? But we had this system a long time ago where neighbors helped neighbors humanity existed in a neighborhood. So that's kind of where the ember of the neighborhood network was envisioned is to take sort of this culture and reality of an old fashioned neighborhood and fuel it forward with the highest amazing technology you could possibly weave into it. You're trying to take, the best of what a neighborhood had to offer and empower it with technology so that we could actually amplify the humanity. When I go through the elements of our neighborhood network model, you're going to see how we're trying to amplify the humanity of, an, of a neighborhood. But basically, the, the concept is to take all the aspects of an old-fashioned neighborhood and marry with that a great care model and technology. And then infusing all of that, the spirit of volunteerism and helping people. And if you can kind of imagine what all that could produce, uh, that's, that's pretty much the, the neighborhood network. So uh, you mentioned something interesting um, about climbing a peak, a summit higher um, than, than the previous generation. And it got me thinking about a great American hero, a true American hero. His name um, is Ellison Onizuka, and he's an astronaut. He perished in the Challenger um, space shuttle disaster. And he has a quote that I remember to this day. He said, it is the obligation of each generation to climb a summit higher than that of the previous generation so you can see new horizons and take humanity to the next stage. And now this quote 
is written on the last page of every American passport. I couldn't think of a better um, a better quote, actually. And you know, the vision that we have had was to capture the best of what humanity has to offer us. To me, an example of how you embrace and change cultural differences and and bring out the best in people is you have to be in their lives. What neighborhoods need is to infuse diversity. And, you know, at least from our perspective, uh, infusing a, a great neighborhood with people who have challenges, who need help to live independently, some people with intellectual disabilities or maybe a, a traumatic head injury or, or seniors who have challenges uh, and need help, um, maybe people who are different uh, than people who are in the neighborhood. You live with people mm-hmm. and, and you get to know them and you get to know that, well, yeah, you know, they have challenges, but they also have abilities. But I can guarantee you this. Everybody in that neighborhood has something to offer. We might serve people in a neighborhood network, at which we'll kind of go over, but they can also serve too. This is a cross-section of our society. The Neighborhood Network offers the full palette of what our society has to offer. Why not design a care system that, that amplifies all of that humanity? That's all I'm saying. And technology is right there in the middle of it, but it isn't it. It's not becoming us. It is allowing us to be even more human. On our next session, what I'm going to do is we're going to go show uh, a bit of a video of the neighborhood network, how it's designed, and and explain you know how it works and how technology works to 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 make um, uh, humanity kind of come to the surface. And in this case, you have the capabilities, you have the skills, but it takes a micro community, it takes a little bit of a neighborhood to reveal those skills for them to be discovered and i'm going to kind of end on a on a thought you know without the human component that's relationship developed you know a real deep relationship face to face yeah face to face and voice to voice uh and in other words machines are not going to become us and we are not going to become machines And uh, I cannot wait to find out how we can develop a neighborhood network in which technology just amplifies humanity. Well, you're going to find out next time. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Strauss.